Hello and welcome to another episode of the Key Ingredient Podcast. On today's episode, I am joined by Kara Golden, the founder and CEO of Hint, best known for its award-winning Hint Water. Kara has received a number of accolades, being named EY's Entrepreneur of the Year 2017 in Northern California. Previously, Kara was a vice president of shopping partnerships at America Online, and she also hosts her own podcast called The Kara Golden Show. Her first book, Undaunted, Overcoming Doubts and Doubters, was released in October 2020 and is now a Wall Street Journal and Amazon bestseller. Kara lives in the Bay Area with her family. Kara, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. Personally, I just have so many questions for you uh, today, but let's start really at the beginning, if you don't mind. Kara, do you mind telling our listeners just a little bit about yourself and about your journey? Sure, absolutely. My name is Kara Golden, and my day job is I'm the founder and CEO of a company called Hint Water that you may be familiar with. And I started the company about 16 years ago now to get myself off of diet soda. I didn't come from the beverage industry or from the consumer products food industry at all. I came from tech. But when I saw that I had an issue in my own life around diet sweeteners. I had been drinking diet soda for years thinking that I was doing better. (laughs) And I decided I want to kick that habit and get myself healthier. That's when I realized that there was one problem with that plan, which was that I was really bored by water. And so I never drank it. And so in my kitchen, I decided to slice up fruit, throw it in the water. And that encouraged me to drink water and because it made water taste better. What happened at that point was not only did I get healthier just by drinking water that tasted better, but I thought, gosh, there are a lot of people like me that are really tricked and fooled by these words like diet and kind of healthy perception products versus healthy reality, I guess, is how I saw it. And I thought if I could actually take a product to market that just made water taste better, maybe I could help a lot of people just by helping them to change one little thing in their life. And so Hint was born at that point. That's terrific. So how many years ago was this? 16 years ago, the product just this last May went on the product at uh, local Whole Foods in San Francisco. Again, there were a lot of kind of moments when I felt, gosh, I'm going to go get a product on the shelf. And then I thought, well, how do I really do that? So some of the stuff that I talk about in my journey, I, I decided to write down in my life because I think there's a lot of people too that probably have ideas for either a product or a company or maybe just how to be better and disrupt an industry in some way. And I thought, I'm going to start writing some notes down. Maybe I could help people. And that's how a book eventually got published. Yeah, which we'll definitely get to in a little bit. So, okay. So for anyone listening who has a great idea, I mean, getting on a shelf, I would imagine is probably the most difficult thing to do. I mean, just, can you, do you mind just sharing just very briefly kind of how that happened? I mean, what were you thinking when you decided, okay, I want to be on a shelf of a Whole Foods and all these big businesses out there? How how do you do that? 
just take baby steps, right? You, you, I mean, literally I, I thought about it in that way where I got in my car and, and went to the local Whole Foods and tried to find somebody official. You know, it's interesting if you, if you've ever been into Whole Foods, I mean, no longer are people like wearing uniforms in a grocery store anymore. So it's a little tough to try and figure out who actually works there. But once I figured that out, then I started doing my best to actually kind of enable these people that are either employees of Whole Foods or in some cases, just people who are working for other food products or drink products to try and gain information in some way about how I would do something. And I think that the key thing that I realized not just in myself, but also in, in other entrepreneurs out there is it really just takes two big things that are, are really the first kind of cornerstones and first steps. Number one, curiosity, um, kind of thinking about your, what are the things that you're really interested in that you're really curious about? And then second, just the ability to ask questions. I mean, so often, you know, people will say to me like, what books did you read? Were you uh, constantly thinking that you were going to go and launch a beverage company? No, not at all. I think that the key thing for me was just, you know, having this curiosity and then the ability to actually go ask questions was what allowed me to really ultimately launch it on the shelf. Yeah, thank you for that. So, so yes, you are an entrepreneur. Clearly, you work and live in an area that there are lots of entrepreneurs, but I think you're a little bit different. You refer to yourself more as a, a, an accidental <laughs> entrepreneur. Can, can you kind of describe a little bit? What do you mean by that? It's a term I'm not necessarily familiar with. Yeah. Well, again, going back to kind of thinking on who I was as a kid and people have always asked me, were you born this way? Did you always know that leading up to launching Hint that you wanted to eventually launch a company? You know, again, not really. I, I call myself an accidental entrepreneur because I definitely had the right experience. I worked in media and then worked in uh, tech and worked for some incredible founders or indirectly worked for people that were doing amazing, somewhat bold, somewhat resilient ideas, crazy ideas, including uh, CNN when it was a late stage startup. And then a little startup that was a Steve Jobs idea called Two Market that was doing CD-ROM shopping way back in the mid '90s, and then obviously Steve Case, uh, who's an incredible entrepreneur who acquired our company, and we were. I was very early at at America Online when we were building out uh, e-commerce and kind of what is today called direct to consumer. So I worked for incredible people again that. I think many people thought that's like, what does Ted Turner think he's doing launching a news network to take on <laughs> ABC and NBC? Why does Steve Case think that he can launch a private network that, you know, allows people to not only have chat rooms and communicate, but also make things faster? And again, I think working for people like that, that are Number one, putting stakes in the ground around what they're doing, and especially when there's so many doubters around them and people who are saying, who needs this? Why is this important? And today, you see that the crazies, the the visionaries, right, are really the people that create the change that we eventually adapt to because we think, how can we live without those things? Like, why why were we even questioning them? But again, when... When you're not that person that comes up with that idea, maybe you don't have the curiosity, maybe you don't have the 
passion or you've never really thought about these things, then your natural instinct maybe is to doubt it or think that it's not really necessary. But, you know, I think it's fun to look back on so many ideas over time that really were created by the people that I guess we're not supposed to be able to do that. Yeah, well, you mentioned doubting a lot, right? Uh, so your book, so you wrote a book, it's called uh, Undaunted, Overcoming Doubts and Doubters. And I think that really plays a lot into what your journey has been all about. I mean, what actually made you write this book? I mean, certainly it's not an easy thing to do. It takes a lot of time. What inspired you to write this book? Yeah, so about five years ago, I was doing a ton of public speaking. You know, it's interesting the Q&A session at the end of all of these sessions, you've got people asking questions and kind of making statements at, as well. You're obviously fearless. You've never been afraid to take risks. You always wanted to be an entrepreneur, whatever it is. And I would actually use those questions when I went back to my hotel room at night to almost as prompts for writing and journaling. And so this book was almost 600 pages of a journal uh, that I had been writing over the last five years. And, you know, I'd get on the plane, I'd write some more, I'd just keep writing and writing and writing. I didn't know what I was going to do with it. It certainly wasn't my my goal or my big bucket list to go and write a book. And then about, gosh, it was about two years ago when I looked at this notebook and I thought, you know, I could probably help a lot of people do a lot of different things. Number one, launch a beverage company. Number two, launch a company, period. And also understand that just because they have failures, just because they have challenges along the way, just because things maybe didn't go the same way that they thought they were, should, that that doesn't mean it's over, right? The key things that I've learned are continuing to be curious, continuing to ask questions. Just because you haven't figured something out doesn't mean that you have to forget about it, right? Instead, sometimes those dots will eventually connect if you go and look back at those things. And I guess more than anything, my belief around your journey is your journey. And sometimes those challenges are put in place in order to help you learn things. I thought, there's a lot in there that I think will be helpful to people. So if I can, initially, I thought about just binding the journal and I thought, I'm just going to give it out to people and see what happens. And a friend of mine who's an author said, are you asking me, how do you publish a book? And I was like, publish a book? That's, I mean, I'm way too busy to publish a book. I'm running a company. I mean, that's really hard to publish a book. I don't So here I was putting up my own walls in front of myself and so I guess it's all kind of the same points that I'm making in the book that we're our own worst enemy. We doubt ourselves first and instead figure out how to knock those things down, figure out how to take those steps. And whether you're launching a book or launching a company or you know launching another idea, a new career, whatever it is, it's kind of all the same thing. You have to figure it out for yourself whether or not this is something that you want to do, whether you're curious enough to go do it, and whether or not you're willing to go even when people are inserting reasons why you shouldn't into your life. Sure, sure. So while you were starting Hint, were there any examples or times when you personally felt doubted? I mean, as an entrepreneur, I mean, I think a lot of what we go through is in our mind, right? I mean, people don't realize how much we wrestle with things in our mind, but were there any times during this this journey where you felt 
doubt or maybe people were doubting you? Absolutely. I mean, first of all, I was considered a tech executive, a successful tech executive. And so here I am not only leaving tech and deciding in many people's minds like that I'm going and doing something totally different for no reason, right? They weren't living the life that I was living, which was kind of fighting this health issues inside of myself, inside of my home that I really wanted to solve. And again, this curiosity was mine really to go ahead and solve. I also had four young kids, four under the age of six. So I was not the entrepreneur that you necessarily wanted to bet on either, right? So (laughs) I had just decided not to jump off the train of an industry that I had been considered successful in and then go and do something totally different. But, you know, it really started with, am I doing the right thing? I'm doubting myself. And I thought, The key thing is, is that I have to go and try this. I would wake up every single morning and think, gosh, if I could actually get a product on the shelf, then I could help a lot of people know that they could get healthy, that they're not subscribing to a certain diet or a certain diet plan or whatever. Instead, it might be something that you're actually consuming that is causing this issue, like in my case, diet soda. And so Again, it's got to figure out a way to train your own brain into thinking that this is the right thing, that you've got to go try it. And I guess for me, the thing that I learned along the way, too, was that while I was going to try something, so many people said to me, well, what if you go and you go and try to be a beverage executive and launch your own company and you fail? And I kept thinking in my mind, well, about 20 minutes ago, you all thought I was a successful tech executive. So what is the reason why I can't go back to being a tech executive? And they said, well, people would, again, give their own opinions about, well, it looks like you're not serious about it anymore. You're not focused. I'm like, but maybe I'll be more focused on doing that, right? And so I think that really boils down to too, I mean, something that I'm a huge believer in is that words are really powerful, right? And that people have ideas about the way the world works, and they don't really know. I mean, nobody could really tell me whether or not if I did fail, that I could or couldn't go back to tech. And I thought, it's my life to go and figure out whether or not I want to take that risk and that chance. And thankfully, Pintwater has become not a failure and has been a success. So I didn't have to sort of test those waters. But again, I think it really just boils down to something that uh, my dad used to say to me all the time when I was trying to face big decisions and try and figure out whether or not I should do them. He would force me to put things down on paper and figure out what's the worst that could happen. That's what I share with entrepreneurs all the time or, you know, even employees of mine when they're trying to think about, should I go do something? And I always ask them, think about it. Like, what is the worst that can happen? Is it financial? Is it whatever it is? I think just lay it out. And oftentimes that worst case scenario is not really as bad. Maybe you think, okay, well, but I could be a failure. The number of people who I've interviewed over the years who have actually 
failed at something or they've had incredible challenges, those are the people that really start to understand themselves even better and understand not just who they are, maybe what they're good at, but also what they're capable of. Because more often than not, the things that they learned during those really big challenging times are things that they didn't know about themselves prior to this time, stuff that they could endure, stuff that they were capable of getting over a big mountain, things that they really cared about. And so I think that instead, focus on the process and the learnings more than anything else. Yeah, you made some really good points there. I mean, anybody who's listening who's an entrepreneur or wants to be an entrepreneur, I mean, there's a difference, at least I've always found this in, in my own journey, is that there's a difference between taking risks and taking calculated risks. Mm-hmm. And I think you spelled out the second part of the calculated risk, right? Having, I don't want to say a backup plan, but having ideas of what would happen, what can go wrong? Like you said, your dad, how bad could it be, right? Because a lot of times we could correct these things. So I think that's really, really important. Now, let me ask you, how how big is, is Hint now? How big is the company? I mean, we're private, but you know, I, how many people employees have, do you have? We have 200. 200 employees. And I'll give you this stat, though, which was interesting. I mean, over the, I call it during the pandemic, over the last 17 months, uh, we had a direct-to-consumer business, which I talk about in the book as well, that we started a little over 10 years, or almost 10 years ago, I should say now, initially on Amazon. And then uh, we decided to launch our own direct-to-consumer company at drinkhint.com. And that business, because we had it in place and because stores were shelves were empty and and we had about 15% of our overall business into offices and into universities that business went away practically overnight sure. we threw the gas on direct to consumer and so that business tripled over the last 17 months the overall company grew over 50% and so wow. yeah and you know i look back even on when we launched our own direct-to-consumer business, I mean, it's it's interesting because I didn't know whether or not consumers were ready to order this way. And as funny as that may sound, given that I ran AOL's e-commerce and shopping partnerships for many years prior to launching Hint, I really believed that I needed to follow the roadmap of other beverage companies by having relationships with the grocery stores and the big box stores out there. But what I realized is that that's one way to go to market. And that's a zone where I'm actually competing against the big guys, the big soda, all of the things that you think about. But if you can figure out a different way to go to market, a different option where maybe those players are not playing. That is where you can really escalate your business in a way that maybe others haven't thought about. Well, clearly it's a successful business and congratulations on that. So let me ask you, and, and this may have evolved over, over the years of your career, but how do you even, de- how do you personally define success and has that changed over the years for you? I think it's focusing on on the things, getting to do the things that you really enjoy doing every single day, right? And, you know, as I say to my, I have three kids in college. I mean, as I say to them, it's like, that is the hardest and trickiest thing is actually figuring out what you enjoy doing. It's not that you don't take steps to kind of do the work before you end up finding that perfect thing. But I think, for me, the end game is really 
finding that thing. And again, going back to curiosity for me, I was always curious. I was always like super interested and engaged. And I mean, even when I think about the fun part of my life, the travel, my friends, like all of these things that I really cherish, it's it's really the, I don't want predictable. I don't want, I want to have curiosity in my life. It's a, sure. it's a very, very important component to keeping me engaged, right? I think that that's something that is really undervalued by so many people that, you know, instead it seems like the key thing for people is thinking about what is my title? How much money am I making versus actually sitting back and saying, am I engaged? Am I, or am I bored? Right. And I think when you think about mental health issues today, I mean, so often I feel like there are so many people that haven't really thought about trying to figure out what do they enjoy doing every day. It's kind of like this, this blanket statement that so many people are maybe told, go figure out what you want to do every single day. But when you really, really dig in and try and figure out for yourself, like, what are you interested in? It may not be what some of your friends are interested in. In fact, I don't have any friends other than my husband who is in the beverage industry. I've met people along the way, but in terms of old friends, many of my old friends are in media and tech and so many other industries and not in the industry that I ended up jumping into. They're not even in health necessarily. And so I think that that for me was just when you're not around those people kind of chiming in and telling you constantly, this is something that you're interested in, this is something that you're curious about, then you have to figure out a way to to find that. And that's what's hard. Yeah, it makes sense. So so in my business, as you know, in the wealth management business, we deal with a lot of entrepreneurs and successful business owners. And money means different things to different people. I mean, what have you learned, I guess, about money being an entrepreneur? I mean, kind of the value of money and and the need, obviously, where you are in Northern California, everybody goes through the startup phase and trying to acquire money and get investors. What is this, I guess, experience taught you about money? Well, I think I learned early on about equity. So probably I learned about equity by accident from the first company that I, when I came to Silicon Valley, I was uh, offered an opportunity with uh, the startup that I mentioned before to market that was the Steve Jobs idea. And I remember looking at a contract. I had never had a contract in New York when I worked uh, at Time or at CNN. And so I had a contract that obviously I, I was looking at. I was lucky to have a husband that was an attorney, a new attorney. So he's looking over the contract and he's like, gosh, they're giving you equity. And you know, I didn't really know what that meant to me. But more than anything, I think that it's sort of an insurance policy in some way to make sure that you're engaged. And I mean, we've given out equity in our company, which I think is a little different than many beverage companies, frankly, up until a few years ago, maybe, primarily because we're surrounded by tech companies, but that are also doing that in the Bay Area where we are. But in addition to that, I feel like it's a way to get people to recognize that they're owners in the company, right? That they have skin in the game. And I think that that's something that it changes the dynamic of you're not just getting paid to work your hours, you're getting all of that, 
but then more. And so I think having equity in a company is just is a pretty powerful thing. I think over time, too, it, it, more than anything, I think that it doesn't matter how much money you have. There's just stuff that you have, right? You have more stuff. And more I, stuff. Right? Yeah. And I think that the old saying, money doesn't buy happiness, I've seen that a lot in Silicon Valley in particular. I think that it allows you to be philanthropic and do invest in companies and do great things like that. But I think that this idea, this race, right, of going out and gaining more money, I mean, I think more than anything, it makes you realize that we're all human. And things like health, for example, I've met many wealthy people who don't have health and they give lots and lots of money to be able to have health. And so I think it's it's a little bit of a, a juggle and a journey, I think, for people to realize this, but it's something that I've realized probably sooner than than others, that if you don't have your health, then it doesn't matter how much money you have. I agree with you. You're fortunate to, uh, to learn that at, at a younger age. Not everybody is able to do that. So let's kind of conclude with this. I mean, what uh, I guess what's next for you? I mean, what are, what are your future plans? I mean, where do you want to grow this business? Where do you see your life? I mean, again, I'm in a retirement yeah. business. So I always want to see what retirement looks like because it's different for everybody. Kind of what do things look like for you in the future? Yeah, I think for me that I thought by launching a company like Hint, I could help myself and help my family and help lots of other people. And we're continuing to do that. And I think that, and I'm still having fun doing it. So I don't have any plans to retire. And, and yeah, in the, in the immediate future, I think more than anything, right now, we're really feeling like we've got the traction that we've been waiting for. The biggest challenge for an entrepreneur, a visionary entrepreneur, where you know, I was a little early launching this company and ahead of many consumers and many grocery buyers and and who were saying, why do we need an unsweetened flavored water? I mean, what what is it that this is going to bring us? And I didn't realize I was launching an entirely new category, which is kind of being hailed today as something that is pretty bold and pretty fearless. But Again, I think more than anything, we're just getting started and we're excited to really grow it to a point where where more and more people are are hearing about it and able to get as healthy as they can. So hopefully they'll have a big nest egg where they can really enjoy it and do the stuff that they want to do with it, but also be healthy as well. I think it's terrific. You're, you're definitely helping a lot of people. I will tell you on a personal note. I spoke with my dad a little earlier today and mentioned that we would be uh, doing this interview. And he's a huge fan of Hint. Oh, I'm not just telling you that. So it. my question to him was, what's your favorite flavor? And it's watermelon, just so you know. Oh, I love <laughs> but it. But I think it's terrific. Well, Carol, listen, I know you're very busy. Let's leave with this. I know you're very active on social media, you and your company. How could our listeners get in touch with you? All over social media, Kara Golden with an I. Hopefully you'll get a chance to pick up a copy of my book. It's called Undaunted Overcoming Doubts and Doubters. And it really shares my journey and building hint and then some. And I'd love to hear from people as well. Well, I will tell you I have a copy of your book and I think it's terrific. So thank you. Thank you. Listen, we appreciate the time here today. Continued success. These were, were great words of wisdom for all listeners. And uh, I wish you many, many years of success at Hint and, and your future endeavors. And thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. 